It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs joins me now. On the table, term limits for Congress. Often a big discussion and actually a fair discussion to be had since, uh, Glenn, we the people have forgotten that the Constitution provided that we control their terms uh, all too often, low voter turnout. I'm talking about local elections, off-year elections. The percentages are, well, they're tragic. Yes, they are, absolutely. Uh, you know, here in Knoxville today, in the city of Knoxville, not Knox County, but the city of Knoxville, uh, we are having an election, and uh, the voter turnout will probably be less than 20% of registered voters. Um, it goes up, of course, uh, during presidential election cycles. Um, but here in Tennessee, we have one of the lowest turnouts in the country, um, which which is uh, sad no matter where you are on the political spectrum. Yeah. What do you, what's your take and your view on this? I like to get input from the audience, from my guests, on this low turnout. And, and how do we change this or how do we begin to change it? I don't expect a miracle overnight. Sure. Well, I, I think one thing that that we have here in uh, in Knox County is we have a lot of elections. Uh, we have off-year city elections. Um, it, we have, of course, um, county and, and, and state elections. And the county elections are actually uh, a, a month before uh, the state and federal elections are. So if you live in the city of Knoxville, for instance, you're voting – every year and then multiple times a year as well. Um, you know, but that's probably a problem that's kind of unique to us. I think overall, I think a lot of it is that people don't feel that their vote makes a difference, you know, and they feel that um, the entrenched uh, folks and power system, no matter what you do, isn't going to change. Uh, and that's unfortunate. But I, I think as we look and we see people that have been in Congress for many years um, and we do see an entrenched power system, we see lobbyists that seem to control things much more than uh, people do. I, I certainly can understand why folks feel that way. Yeah, look, I can understand it, too. But then, I, you know, the, the, the fighter in me, right, you know, comes back and says, that's a well, it's a weak excuse. I, I have to call it what it is. It is a weak excuse. Even in losing, and I think in part because of the way the political system has carved us up, right? Red state, blue state, Democrat county, Republican county. We've, we, too many people in this country, have become the willing political sheep, and they don't understand the importance of being a part of the vote. But another part of this for me, uh, Glenn, is the different days of elections. You just talked about elections one month before a general, you know, I believe in the primary system, that's a different issue. But from my view, if we were to put the elections on one day across this country, I'm not talking about nationalizing it, but, you know, if we could get to one day rather than split days, school board this, you know, county this, city this, I think we could do a better job of driving people to the votes. What do you think? I absolutely agree with you. Uh, as I said, like here in uh, the city of Knoxville, uh, people are voting every year and they're voting multiple times a year. And that leads to voter fatigue. And, you know, it's funny because I'm, I'm the mayor. I'm the mayor of the county and people be like, oh, you, you know, uh, you're running again or you're, you know, because the city mayor is running. Um, 
and, and it just it, it, it leads to voter fatigue and also I think leads to people not being as informed as they otherwise would be because, you know, there's always all this noise going on and there's always something to pay attention to. Whereas if we were to consolidate the elections, I, I think that then folks would, you know, know, hey, now's the time I need to pay attention as opposed to and, – and, of course, what happens – when we do have uh, a bunch of elections and therefore, as you said, for school board or for specific things, well, the only po- people are going to show up are the ones that actually know about it. And I think that becomes an issue, too, whereas if you put everything kind of on the ballot at once, well, then people have a much better chance of turning out. All right, let's turn to term limits now. And for everyone listening, termlimits.com is the website. But I wanted to have this early part lead into term limits. And when you think about low voter turnout and, and all the other things, we, we those who don't get involved, have failed the Constitution. That's the way I look at it, as I've said before. But you know, the debate over term limits, and I got to tell you, I go back and forth with this. In one point, because of the failures of the of we the people, I I see a need for it to remove these twenty, thirty year elected officials. For years, I have said I admire a guy like a Dr. Bill Frist who went in, served two terms in the Senate, said I'm going back to being Dr. Bill Frist after being a senator. I, I like the idea of, you know, 12 years for a congressman, two terms for a senator. Uh, you don't immediately transition from one house to the next without a gap. You know, I see a, a structure that can work. What's your approach on term limits? Well, I'm actually the state chairman for uh, U.S. term limits here in Tennessee, which means that I do agree with term limits on Congress. Um, and the reason for that is, when you're an incumbent, you just have all these advantages that uh, someone that's new to the game literally cannot compete. It, it's incredibly difficult. Um, you know, the, the money, all the things, the, the relationships, all those things are in an incumbent's favor. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Uh, and to me, that outweighs the negatives. I have some people that in, in Congress and the Senate, you know, that I'd love to see stay there forever because I think they're really good people. And I agree with them on policy. Um, But, you know, if we were to see more turnover and more people like them had the opportunity to actually win, um, it's a different story. And I think that's what term limits does. So for me, it's really the practical aspect of the, the world that we live in. And the fact that if you're an incumbent, you just have these tremendous advantages that, frankly, our founding fathers didn't, they never anticipated. I mean, they didn't campaign you know, when, when they had elections, they didn't really run for office. It's a completely different ball game now. And I think that the advantages that the incumbents have uh, is so overpowering that we really need to have, have some sort of a stop uh, uh, tripwire in there that can stop that from happening and people get into Congress and stay there for decades. What's your, I gave you my, my view of what term limits could look like, the 12-12-8 model, right? Congress, six terms, Senate, two terms, President obviously already term limited, mm-hmm. which would allow, in my view, I did some analysis on this from my, my little radio show's point of view, and saw the possibility of maintaining both the good, the structure, the experience, while at the same time allowing for the turnover. What's your view of what a term limit structure would look like in Congress? 
That's what I lean toward as well, uh, would be six terms in the House and two terms in the Senate, which would be 12 years and 12 years. And yeah, I'd like to see a gap in between as well, so you couldn't immediately roll over. Uh, that would give a congressman 12 years and a senator 12 years. And look, here in Knox County, I'm term limited. I have eight years. Um, and I feel that that's appropriate, okay? Um, if I can't get done what I want to get done in eight years, well, you know, I'm ineffective. And I also feel that after a certain period of time, you, you really do become stale. Okay. Um, and you de- need new ideas uh, coming into office. Uh, I was having uh, this discussion with a former mayor and former governor of a state, and uh, they were term limited. They spent eight years as mayor, eight years as governor. And uh, they were they were very happy with, uh, with that structure. They thought that was the right amount of time. Um, so I think that you know, when we look at the federal level and we're talking about 12 years and 12 years, um, that's still a long time. That's over a decade that someone could serve. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I think the, um, the issues that you talked about, you know, the institutional knowledge and those sort of things, uh, I think those would be addressed uh, with, a, with a six and a two-term limit on the House of Representatives and the Senate, respectively. Now, the challenge here, as you and I know, is getting it done. we got a couple of minutes left in the hour. So how we make this happen is the difficult path. And look, I'm a, I, I believe changes to the Constitution, changes of this level, things like that should be difficult. But when they're required, so how do we get this done? Sure, the Constitution can be modified, amended in two ways under Article 5. Uh, one is that Congress, two-thirds of each house, votes affirmative on a proposed amendment, and then, of course, that goes to the states. And if three-quarters of the states ratify the proposed amendment, it becomes an actual amendment and becomes part of the Constitution. The other way is that uh, two-thirds of uh, the state legislature, I'm sorry, three-quarters of the states uh, agree on uh, the amendment, and then becomes an amendment. The other way is that two-thirds of the state legislatures agree on a proposed amendment, then send it out to the states, and three-quarters of the states approve that proposed amendment, and then that becomes part of the amendment. The second way has never been done. There has never been a convention of the states to discuss a uh, uh, a constitutional amendment. Uh, and that's what U.S. term limits advocates is uh, we're working on legislation in the various states that would call for a con- convention of the states to discuss congressional term limits. Currently, four states have signed on, Florida, Alabama, Missouri, and West Virginia. Um, I'd like to see Tennessee become the fifth state. Last year, H- HJR, House Joint Resolution 8, passed the House, which would add Tennessee to that list. Uh, and this, uh, the upcoming legislative cycle, it will go to the Senate. So I would encourage folks here in Tennessee who would like to see congressional term limits uh, that they would ask their senator, their state senator, to vote in the affirmative on that. All right. I like your structure. I like your style on this one. And uh, today, Glenn, uh, let's just push people to get out there and exercise their constitutional right. You got to vote. That's simple in that point. That's right. I appreciate it, David. Thanks for having me on. Thank you uh, very much, Ed, for keeping that effort out there on Term Limits. Again, at termlimits.com. You can join me live on The David Webb Show, Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east, on Sirius XM Patriot 125.